Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 3 of Sword and Spirit, a podcast by First Baptist Church of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Today, we're going to be rounding out our series on the Bible with our topic, Ruminating on Scripture. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast today. We're so pumped to be talking about spending time in God's Word. Our first first episode, we talked about the reliability of Scripture. Then we checked last time on, uh, talked about, is it relevant today? And then as we're, we're thinking about this thing, you know, what are we going to title this? Because um, we do try to study and prepare to make sure to provide some decent content that's helpful and not harmful. And so... Uh, so we've got two R words, man. We got to get a third R word. And Dustin was like, "Yeah, we don't have to have an R word." And I said, "Well, really, we're thinking about marinating on the Word of God and you know, or letting it get inside of us and chewing on God's Word like a cow chews on the cud." And and uh, Dustin, you, you started thinking, and what'd you realize? I said, "I'm pretty sure the word for for a cow chewing the cud starts with an R." And then I started thinking about it. I said, I think the word is ruminating. And I Googled it to be sure. And we were like, dude, that is the word. There's our word, ruminating. That is a different word. I never use that. Do you use that every week? No, definitely. Definitely not. I never eat cud. I mean, maybe (laughs) Maybe we should start. Maybe so, yeah. New pastime there. Let's go chew something. (laughs) Then I can use the word ruminating. So ruminating on God's word, letting God's word spend time or get down inside of us which means we have to make time to get in the Word of God. You know, um, for me, you know, I'd always grow up going to camp. I loved camp as a kid. That was my thing, man. I just looked forward to it all year so I could be around other believers. And so when I finally got to camp, you know, they had the the daily quiet times, and I just loved that structure because I got to and had a Devo. I got to work through. And and so I tried to maintain a, a quiet time. It was hard, you know, for a young guy. And tried to do that in high school and, and, and in college, I – there were weeks where, man, I have amazing quiet times every day. And then there was those weeks that where, man, I wouldn't even touch the Word of God. And it wasn't until I got to seminary that I really was set free uh, in my time with the Lord. I learned that from Dr. Steve Wilkes, who is my spiritual formation professor. He kind of set all of us free. I mean, the first day we had class, uh, he walks in with his guitar. He starts moving the desk around, moves all the desks to one side, pulls out chairs, makes a circle. And I'm thinking, this is going to be different. And so he just, he had his guitar and he would just play like uh, old school praise songs like from the early 90s and and lead us, just teach us how to worship. And uh, I just remember him talking about, hey, man, if you haven't met with the Lord in several days, you know, God's not mad at you. He just wants you to come back, spend time with him in prayer, spend time in the word of God. And so I just treasure uh, those days with him and they're formative in my life and kind of set me free. And, and I think there can be for all of us, there can be some a little self righteousness and a little legalism when it comes to spending time with the Lord. But we got to remember, man, God just loves us. We're created for a relationship with Him, and He's given us this precious treasure that we have—the Word of God—and and it's powerful and it's applicable and it, it changes in our lives. And so, I want to talk about that. You know, how do you have a practical time with God? I think first of all. Uh, we need to stop calling it the quiet time because maybe you enjoy the quiet, especially if you have a lot of kids or if you have a train that comes by your house every day. Maybe the, the thought of having a quiet time is very refreshing and appealing. But for a lot of people that are you know, middle school, high school, college students, and they hear quiet time, and even as kids, it just sounds boring. And I think for me, man, the term quiet time, it just seems like it makes your time up to be with God 
not fun. And so I think that was always a, a negative thing that people would always call it that. So you can call it whatever you want, your God time, your best time of the day. But I want, first of all, if you're going to be practical and, and let this be a priority in your life, and maybe you're new to having a quiet time, you've never done this before, this episode's for you. And so we want to help you, encourage you to spend time in God's Word. It takes discipline. And so if you've never done it before, just start out small. You know, start out five to ten minutes every day. Let that time grow over time. So the first thing you need to do, you need a time. So if you're a morning person, probably should do it in the morning. If you're a night owl, maybe that's your best time. If you're a middle-of-the-day person, that's your sweet spot, middle of the day, then maybe that's the time you need to set aside for uh, the Lord spend time in the Word. Next, you need a place. You need a place that is quiet, that's no distractions, less distractions, a place that, that can become yours. It doesn't have to be the same place, but it helps you develop a discipline. Maybe it's a sweet spot in your house, uh, a certain chair, certain back porch, what whatnot. If you do it outside here in Bay St. Louis, you're going to melt uh, this month. So uh, you need a place, and you need your Bible. We talked about translations a little bit, I think, in um, the first episode. Uh, the first episode we did, uh, we brought, Dustin and I both brought our legal pads and a copy of the New American Standard Bible. So that's a good copy, but today I'm sitting here with my ESV Bible and also have ESV Bible app opened up here. So you need a Bible, copy of God's Word. If it's in a foreign language that you cannot understand. You probably need one that's in English uh, that you know, unless you speak that foreign language fluently. You also need a journal. It's helpful. Uh, you need a pen. Do you have to have a journal? Do you have to have a pen? No. Uh, read through a book of the Bible. Start maybe the book of John, right? Start paragraph. When you get done with that paragraph, read it again. Dustin's going to get into some of the method of how to apply God's Word, how to get into it, understand what it's saying. But you need that maybe start at the beginning of a book and try to work your way through the book so that you're not just kind of like popcorn and everywhere. You, you need to have a plan. And so sometimes devotionals can help you. They guide you, especially if it's one that's really focused on the text. If, if it's a devotional where it's just got a, a verse at the top of it and then it gives a speech about something that has nothing to do with the text, you need to probably take that devotional and throw it in the trash because you don't need it. You need a, you need a, a better devotional, or better yet, just stick to the Word of God. Um, not that it's bad to have a devo. You just want to make sure it's biblical, that it amplifies God's Word. It's using the Word to feed you. And something that helps me when I have spent time with the Lord is a beverage. Uh, yes, I said it. That's right. Uh, coffee. I like Mountain Dew, Code Red, sweet tea, whatever. Those things can be a distraction, so be careful. So you got to make that you know, a time that you enjoy. If, if it's a time that you don't look forward to, you're not doing something right. Okay. Either you have grabbed a copy of some other religious text that is not God's word, right? Or you have a heart attitude problem. You're not approaching it in the right way. So it should be the best time of our day. It should be something we look forward to more than anything else. It should be a priority in our life. And, and so I just want to encourage you, Make that. I'm encouraging myself. Man, I'm kind of convicted thinking about this right now. This is this is the best time of our day when we we slow down, and it's hard to do, but you have to force yourself. You have to fight for this time. If you do not fight, scrap, claw for this time, then you're going to miss it. You're going to miss your best time of your day, and we're going to miss what God has to say to us in that day. Dustin, why don't you help us think about the actual method of when we do open up the text? What do we do then? 
Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, when you begin to study God's Word, there are some things in the background that you want to understand that will open up God's Word, make it come to life, and make it more applicable to you, make you understand it in your context. And so let's talk about some of those things. Uh, I remember I had this professor in Blue Mountain, and he always came up with acronyms for everything to help us remember things. And he had this dog, and the dog's name was Homer, like named after the Greek poet. And so he always told us, that his dog loved sausage. And so a good way to remember his method for studying the background of Scripture is Homer loves good country sausage. That's mm. H-L-G-C-S. And so you may not be able to remember that. I don't know what's your best method for knowing what all these are. But the first one is historical. The H stands for historical. That is the background. What happened way back in the day when this Scripture was written to help us know the context and everything that's going on. And so some questions to ask when it comes to the historical background is, who wrote this passage? Who actually used the pen while the Holy Spirit was guiding them and inspiring these words? Who was the author? Uh, So, for example, the author of the book of John would be John. And then you want to know, to whom was it written? Who is the audience of the passage. For example, a really easy way to remember this is the book of Ephesians was written to the Ephesians, to the church in Ephesus. Uh, another question is when? When was this passage written? What was the date of the passage? Not only when, but where? Where was this person at when they wrote all this down? What was the context they were in whenever they were saying these things? And then what? What prompted this to be written? What was the occasion? Did somebody show up like in 1 Corinthians where we find out that Paul had gotten a bad report about the church in Corinth and he felt like he needed to respond and help this church out? And then why? What's the purpose? What's the overall purpose behind this book of the Bible? So ask yourself these questions to help you get in the mindset of what am I about to read? And then another good thing to understand is uh, literary The literary context, what is the genre? For example, uh, Ephesians is a letter. It's an epistle. Uh, Meanwhile, John or Matthew are gospels. Uh, Amos is a prophecy. Uh, Exodus is part of the law. All these things help us to understand what we're about to read. And then grammatically, this is where it becomes more personal for each passage. You say, what are the words in this passage mean? If you come across a word and you don't know what it means, pull out a dictionary, look it up, try to figure out uh, what does this mean in my own words. Uh, Punctuation-wise, you know, it might help to say, well, here's this clause here, but I don't know what that modifies, and and that gets really complicated. But basically, you're looking at the words and how the sentence is put together to understand what it means, which is sounds really complicated, but it's a lot easier uh, than than you think it might be. It's, It's simply reading it and understanding the verse. And then contextually, what does this verse mean compared to the verse before it or the verse after it? Or what does it mean in the whole passage or in the passage before the passage after or in the whole book or books written by that same author? How does he normally say things like that? Or this is in the New Testament, so it's going to be written from a different perspective than the Old Testament. Or how does this line up with the rest of Scripture? All these things, we want to take all this into account. And then the most important thing I would say out of all this, we got H, L, G, C, and the last one is S, spiritual. 
This is the most important aspect of your Bible reading. This is what is the Holy Spirit trying to teach me as I'm reading this passage? Am I convicted? Am I inspired to do something? How can I apply this? How can I pray about this? And most importantly, how can I obey it? I heard a guy who came and spoke at our seminary once, and he said that there was this church plan. I believe it was in uh, some country in Asia. I don't remember exactly which country he was in. But basically, they were planting churches everywhere, and they were saying, how on earth are you so successful in all the things that you're doing with these churches? And he says, well, I tell people every day after you read your Bible, don't just say, well, I read my Bible. I'm done for the day. Think to yourself, how can I obey this today? And it's incredible. He was producing some of the strongest churches that this country had ever seen. And he said, it's simple. I just told people, don't just read the Word. Obey the word. Hmm. So your spiritual context, you know, it's going to convict you. Sometimes you're going to see things in your life, and you're going to think, "Man, that hurts." James, but but the real question is, not only are you going to see it, are you going to let it inspire you? Are you going to apply it and do something with it? That's the real question. Because in James, we find out that reading the word of God and walking away and not doing anything with it is like a man going to a mirror and seeing some flaw. Maybe he's got a pimple or. Maybe he's missed a spot shaving or who knows what it is. And he just sees it in the mirror and walks away and doesn't fix it. But when we read the Word of God, we want it to be like a mirror that reveals how far away from God we are or what we should do in our lives. And instead of not doing anything about it, beginning to submit ourselves to the Lord and allowing it to change our lives. And so all of this is seems really complicated. It's a lot of background information. But Lacey has a acronym that she likes to use that I find is really helpful, really practical in everyday life, and it's SOAP. SOAP is easy to remember because it is, I mean, when we read the Word of God, we're looking for something that's going to clean our life up. And so that includes, uh, you know, how do we read God's Word? What do we do when we read God's Word? And so the acronym here is SOAP, S-O-A-P. The first letter stands for summarize. And so for this, you're going to need a Bible and you're going to need a notebook. And so you take out your Bible and you read it. And then in your notebook on a blank page, you're going to write out in your own words what you just read. So if the passage is a long narrative passage, you may just sum it up and say, this is what happened in this passage. But if it's a short, impactful passage, like you might read in uh, you know, one of Paul's epistles, then what you're going to do is unpack everything that you read in that passage. You're going to take it and put it in your own words. You're going to summarize it. You're going to expound upon it. You're going to make sure you understand what you just read. And it's it, this helps because sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but when I read the Bible, I have this tendency to read a passage and then start on the next passage and go, wait a second, I forgot to pay attention to the passage I just read. And so then I have to go back and figure out what I just read. And it's helpful when you're saying, okay, I need to be able to summarize this by the time I get done reading it. So S, summarize. O, observe. This is where you get to some of this historical background, literary background, grammatical background, contextual background, spiritual background. This is where you take a second and you begin to notate things that you noticed in in that passage, things that you observed. It can be the grammar something grammatically, this word was interesting, or this group of words was interesting, or it's interesting that there's a comma there. What's that about? 
Or you may say, well, in the context, this verse says this, and then there's this verse, and then there's this other verse. And so what does all this mean together? Or maybe it's just something that intrigues you, or maybe it's a question you have that you need to answer. And then you, once you've done all those observations, now you're going to go back and you're going to be in to answer those questions. And not only that, you're going to A, apply. You're going to apply the scripture to your life. You're going to write down something, and it can start off vague. You can start off and say, here's something that applies to my life, but then make it more specific, something that you can do that day. And then the last thing you're going to do is you're going to pray. You're going to talk to God. You're going to voice everything that you've learned from that passage. And I would add two things to this. Before you begin to summarize, observe, apply, and pray, I would say prepare. Take a moment, prepare your heart, focus on the Lord, pray to God, and then begin summer reading, summarizing, observing, applying, praying. And then I would add a step at the end to meditate on God's Word. And that can be picking out a special part of the passage that you found important. It can be memorizing verses. You can put them up on your mirror, or you can take a little card, put it on your keychain, and every few days or every few moments in the day, whenever you get a chance, you flip over that card and you take a look at it. There are even great apps that you can download on your phone that will help you memorize scripture. They'll send you a notification and say, hey, real quick, go through this app and see if you know what it says. And so you open up the app and you pull out the verse and you fill in the blanks. So there's lots of different ways to help you memorize scripture. And so what we want to do is we want to read God's word and apply it to our lives and obey whatever God is teaching us in that moment and for that day. And I think we see this even in the New Testament, even in Jesus' life. He goes and he reads God's Word. He spends time with God early in the morning, sometimes even all night throughout the Gospels. There are moments where Jesus is off spending time with the Lord. And then he also, in his temptation, quotes Scripture. He paid attention to what God said. He memorized what God said, and he used it to help him in his day-to-day life. And so there are lots of plans you can use. You can find a chronological Bible reading. You can look it up on the Internet, or again, there are also Bible apps that will help you with that. Uh, you can read through the Bible in, in lots of different ways, just straight through. So there are some readings that give you a little bit of everything, something from the Old Testament, something from the New Testament. But I find that the best Bible reading plan is the one that you do. Mm-hmm. So for me, whenever I was in junior high, The best one for me whenever I was so young and had such a short attention span was I'm going to read one chapter a day. And from there, I grew into, you know, what am I going to read? What am I going to do? And I want you to understand this is not something that becomes legalistic in your life and you absolutely have to do it every day. It should be something that you enjoy and you want to do every day. But also, if you miss it, don't beat yourself up and ride yourself down because you missed a day of reading the Bible. Just get back on the horse and keep reading the next day. It's all it's this isn't something that is here to bog you down or ruin your spiritual life if you don't do it. It's something to help you and benefit you and help you to know God more intimately and to do his will. Awesome. So what do we continually put into our ears and to our eyes is eventually going to come out of us exactly and so what, what what we're talking about is if you listen to it you know sad soppy uh country music all day long you're going to sound like an old broken record right and so you have we have to 
you know, we take in a lot of information in, in our age. But what we want to say is that God's word, man, if we will feast upon it, then it's going to come out. You know, when, when the heat gets turned up on your life, when the fire starts and the pressure's on, either the things this world are going to bubble up out of your life or the word of God's going to come out. Um, as we get ready to close, maybe you're a new believer, just like a guy we talked to today called the church office. He just accepted Jesus. He's excited. He wants to come to our church. He wants to be baptized. And, you know, if, if you just now are learning how to do this, you probably also are trying to learn how to pray. And so uh, this is really not a, a, a podcast episode on prayer, but this has a lot to do with prayer because most people pray and then read the Bible. Yet we've learned from many spiritual leaders in our life that we should do the opposite, right? George Mueller is one of those guys I think about. Uh, he would read the word and then he would use God's word as a springboard to help him praise the Lord, help him meditate and then help it helped him to know how to, what to ask God for uh, concerning his life and, the mission that God had called him to. And so we need to chew on God's word. As a cow chews on the cud, let's ruminate on God's word. And if we would do this as individuals, if we would do this um, as a church, as churches, as the people of God, then we will be filled up, we'll be equipped, and we will be filled with the knowledge of our Savior and the precious news of the gospel will be on our tongue and on our heart, and we will be a threat to the enemy. So may we hide God's word in our heart so that we will not sin against the Lord, and so we will be equipped for ministry. That's right. It's good stuff. And so now we're going to turn it back over to RJ, and he's going to give you uh, lots of things that you can read for further reading, or if you want to dig deep into God's Word. All these things are beneficial uh, to help you feast on God's Word, ruminate on God's Word, take it in, and then meditate on it again and again and again and use it in your life. This concludes today's episode of Sword and Spirit. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all of our future content. And if you'd like to read up more on today's topic, be sure to check out How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon Fee, Grasping God's Word by J.S. Duval and J.D. Hayes, A Survey of the Old Testament by Andrew Hill and John Walton, and an introduction to the New Testament by D.A. Carson and Douglas Moo. That's all for today. Until next time, bye.